2: no purchase necessary for were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details
3: are we live we are okay see what did i do i hit something and i don't know but anyway go off to Russ with something to say
0: <laughs> so uh just saw this news that made my six-year-old heart sink uh <laughs> six-year-old russ cohen even up to ten-year-old russ cohen very upset that mike nesmith died because uh-huh. i was a huge monkeys fan now i get it later on in life i realized all their songs were written by voice and heart but these guys actually did learn how to play the instruments and weren't bad when they toured now act they're never going to be the quality of a, of a real band i get it but at least they tried to be better yeah, they than, were
3: fun i mean come on like they Mon- were fun the Monkeys were are a fun, fun thing the monkeys were a great sitcom i mean for their time oh, yeah.
0: it was amazing i watched it every week I, I mean, that. it
3: doesn't hold up at all. Like, I watched, I tried to show Owen the other day. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it
2: doesn't, I, like,
3: it's like you're trying to watch a Monkey's episode now. It's, it's, but,
2: it's, I, but I have to say, though, if you listen to the music and you hear how much of a ripoff it is on B. Oh, okay. Just leave it alone,
1: Mike. Jeez, it
3: is. It's, a, it's a complete. But, uh, but, but you know, honestly, yeah, last
1: the, you anything, so sure. <laughs> the
3: reality of that, Mike, is that it
1: was supposed to be a ripoff.
0: That's true.
1: Don't you have any, even an ounce <laughs> of sentimentality in your mouth? I mean, no. just an ounce. None. That's <laughs> unbelievable. Like yeah. that was like my wife will be devastated when I tell her about. Well,
2: no, I'm not. Oh, yeah. I'm, not I'm not throwing dirt no, on his. No, but, you,
1: you, but you do. You denigrate those who, who you know, did you know, grew up uh, like, I, mean, I really was good. not among them. But you know, I honestly, that I the just, only
0: way I could devastate your wife even more is if I said like Bobby Sherman died.
1: Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, but I that was a uh, spot, Mike, because
3: that's not fair.
1: Yeah. That that, that was an institutional uh show. I it mean, uh, Eck was right on about that. Like everybody funny. watched that and everything and it's just like oh, I it was so much fun. You just you just can't help yourself from just shoveling on dirt on, on, everyone's, done, like, everyone's, like, oh, everyone's, everyone's done everyone's
3: done the monkey's walk. Come on, like everyone's done just the, the monkey's walk. Like it's, you
0: know, the monkey walk is like a thing. believer last train to Clarksville. Everybody knows these songs. It's not like, I
3: mean, they, you know, and their figure. I mean, I know, like, um, you know, have you ever heard Neil Simon do like Daydream Believe or whatever? You know, it's yeah. like, I mean, not Neil Simon, not Neil ne-
2: Simon, Neil Neil Simon Neil
3: Pass. playwright Neil Simon. I've never heard him do it either, yeah. but um, no, but um, yeah, Neil Diamond, um, Neil yeah, Diamond. Diamond. I mean, I, these were they were hilarious, and they um, were. and like, you know, and who can forget, you know, their their cameo on the Brady Bunch? Come on, I mean, there's a bunch yeah. of different things,
1: yeah, and it, it was hard, it's hard to describe. It, you know, you're right on on this, like how big the monkeys were. Oh, my gosh. You know, they, they were, were just,
3: I mean, yeah. they were really big. And, and they toured because they there was a calling for it. Like, people wanted for to what? see them. People wanted to see them live. Like, that was the thing. Like, you know, like, I mean, I don't know yeah, about. Yeah, I
0: mean, that like, was right. They did, right? They did learn how to play instruments. Yeah, and no, and,
3: and a couple of them actually already could. Like, Michael already was a musician. It's, it's, he was actually the most talented of all the musicians in the group. Like, he really.
2: It.
1: It's, he wrote some songs too.
2: It's the 60s version of Millie Vanilli. No, it's not.
1: No, not even close. No. Don't you, don't, you just don't understand, Mike. No, this,
3: this, <laughs> this was fake on purpose. Like, this was not that Millie Vanilli was found out to be fake. This was everybody knew this. This was completely this was what it was, you know. And but the reality was they were huge and they, they toured, you know, and, and if I was to put like my favorite monkey, like my favorite T V slash movies or whatever having to do with music, the monkeys are definitely in the top five. Yeah, and you know, um, and it like I like that like along with the band that with the, with the movie that thing you do, which is a great movie. Um, yeah. but, but you know, there's certain things that yeah, there, and I'd like to see that band play, and I know they're not real either, right? Um, but you know, I still would I still would go see them play because it, it's just it's just fun and silly. It's just ridiculous. Yes. Anyway, sorry, Mike, we don't mean to all jump it down your throat, but I mean, come on. And I'm, I'm used to it.
0: to <laughs> Demarius Thomas from the Denver Broncos. That was kind of a shock to yeah, see. Yeah, I mean, thirty years old.
2: 33 years old and they, they said it was something it was a medical issue a
0: seizure he may have had a seizure in the shower yeah. he's been having seizures so yeah, he's that's what he's had to.
1: who was this demarius, demarius Thomas. oh demarius my gosh Thomas. i didn't hear that yeah wow
0: yeah i didn't put that one up on facebook kev sorry
1: wow yeah i, I count on you to give me death news <laughs>
2: Where's your side? We <laughs>
1: don't, I don't don't not, like he was game. on many of my fantasy teams.
2: Yeah, he was
0: a
1: good player. Yeah, really good player. That's yeah, it. just so sad when they die that young. Yeah. Yes.
3: Okay, here we go. Um, all right. Ready? Hello, Hockey World. It is Friday, December 10th, 2021.
2: I'm Michael Logello, and I'm not a daydream believer.
0: I'm Russ Cohen from Sportology Side. <laughs> yep. Kevin Allen double
3: sign. <laughs> We're going to put Mike on the next train to Clarksville. That's um, right. All right. And I'm Ecklin. You're watching the Hockey Buzzcast on HockeyBuzz.com. This is the podcast that comes every Monday through through Friday to fill you in on the comings and goings in the hockey world. And I wanted to start with a little bit of um, you know, I mean there's there are there's some news from last night, a couple of things happened, of course, but I, I did want to start with something from Kevin's article because he did his thoughts article. Which we need to find a good name for. I was thinking about that. We need to find a good Kevin Allen's thoughts. Kevin's thoughts? No, more than no. It's not. That. I think <laughs> we got to go beyond that. But anyway, that's my opinion. But because I like these, I like these thoughts come kind of a lot. But you, you did mention again, kind of something that I mentioned last week too, and I, I did some research into it. And the reality of all these seven hundred plus teams in the NHL right now is yeah. really is really striking. Like I went, I went back because I thought, okay, maybe early in the season you have, you know, as, as the year goes on. Obviously things tend to like even up more. But I so I went back into one of my favorite sites where you can check, you know, this date by this date the, the records every year. And um yeah, like that in, in general, in, in you know, a normal eighty-two game season a year or what have you, and even the last couple of years, we have two or three, maybe at this point, And you know, we end up with one perhaps, you know, or so or two. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I, I ended up talking with the GM about about that, mm-hmm. um this very subject, and he brought up a good point that usually what it means like normally since the uh introduction salary cap we've had parity so we you know there's a lot of teams squeezed toward the middle but for some reason this year we've got a bunch of teams in the bottom that we're all beaten up on you know and it's it's reflected in in that, that 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 you know you know everybody's beating the islanders everyone's uh um you know beating the arizona coyotes it's you know and because of that it's you know you're getting all those 700 teams but it also reflects of course that we have some really good teams at the top as well
3: yeah and and you know to have like all the playoff teams in the eastern conference over 700 is really one of those things that just completely makes you wonder you know like it makes you wonder do the i mean are those teams i I, you know i when i went through my little thing to try to go back to last like five or six years there was never a team that was over 700 at this point in the season that didn't make the playoffs like this is the there were that doesn't happen you know like if you're over 700 at this point in the season you're a playoff team there's no two ways about it yeah um, so do we have like the top six positions in the in the eastern conference already decided before christmas
0: you know barring um, a major injury probably
2: yeah i mean i i was saying i was saying to russ before the show um and I know, act that you're 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 loath to always uh, to not uh, keep the door open for teams that are way behind. But if you look at the standings in the Eastern Conference, I think the race for the eight playoff spots is down to ten teams, maybe eleven if you include Detroit. But Buffalo, Montreal, Ottawa, the Islanders, and Philadelphia—they're probably all done. I mean, now, you know, barring a completely unforeseen, you know, a team going 800 from now until the end of the season, which is very unlikely, those teams are out of it. And it, it's surprising because I thought the Islanders were the team that was going to come out of the East and their their collapse and fall is just stunning. And Philadelphia's had, you know, the injury issues and everything else, but I I don't see any of these five even getting remotely close to getting back into the race unless something just absolutely bizarre happens. I mean, I think that there's so
3: many teams battling for those two spots that all those teams have a chance. You know, what I mean, it feels like that that there's that it feels like. no I mean, when you look at the 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 wild card spots to the bottom of the divisions, you know, of of, of the conferences. You know, that that does get the, – the gap is a lot smaller. I think I think at that point you are going to see some battles. And, I, and I, I have a hard time counting the Islanders out. I just really do because I just feel like
0: uh, – I don't. I mean, if, if you if you do watch them play and, like, yesterday's game was tied up with, like, what, like 40-something seconds to go – actually, the lead goal was, like, with, like, 40-something seconds to go in the game, uh, it's it's bad there. If you watch Zach Parisi, uh, he's completely washed up. Like he really is. He, you know, he could play eight minutes a game. He's got to play more than that now because right now they're down a few players. But they are in real trouble. Like Sorokin is playing his heart out, and they, yeah. and he can't keep everybody out of the crease. He can't stop right. all the shots. Like they just, the team is bad right now. They could go on a five-game winning streak, and it wouldn't even make a dent.
1: Yeah, Maybe. I mean, essentially, there's uh, five more uh 10 game segments once they finish up this one because they're in their 20s and you know, playing goals and you know I, as i as as ken allen always used to point out to me because he always looked at it 10 game segments you know if you go win seven games out of ten well right. there's always going to be two in front of you they're going to win six so you're only going to pick right. up two points every 10 games so the islanders are already 12 points out so they're going to really need to go on a 10 game winning streak uh yeah, really yeah. to have any kind of shot yeah,
3: no i I, I mean, it, it does it it does logically make sense that they're out of it it just it just feels hard to imagine that just because you know we were all there how many people picked them to even go to like the Stanley Cup Finals just a few months ago and it, it feels like you know where has that team gone is is it the case of you know like I said before getting older or Lou getting sentimental with some of his picks like some of his pickups like I think I think for Fariz- well, some
0: players some players aren't playing well some players yeah. are still restricted like, Barzell's not restricted when it's a power play or it's – well, he is restricted on three-on-three because on three the other night against Chicago, they sat back and took a point in the tie. So you are restricting Barzell to some degree. Uh right. Bovolier didn't look bad his last game that I saw, Uh, but I know he hasn't put up the points. So there's guys, you know, Palmieri, they're not putting up points. Their defense, right. they don't have any puck movers. Act. They're all yeah. gone. letty has gone. Tabes is gone. And – Pulak is an okay puck mover, but obviously great shock, but he's out. They have Scott Mayfield bringing the puck up the ice at times. like, I love Scott Mayfield. Yeah. You know that. That's not
3: yeah. his role. Yeah. I mean, so to they, me.
0: They got problems.
3: If you really want to, one of the more interesting things, I don't think people think about enough when you try to figure out whether, how far teams are out of the playoffs. You know, it it is obvious how many, how many points you're out of. Of course, how many teams you have to pass. That's always talked about. But I, if you, if you really go on history, if you tend to look at the goals, the goal differentials, um, you, you quickly see the teams that are in trouble the gold differential number is like is a number that just I was doing when I was going through this and I was trying to write a big story about this um, but when you write it when you go through the gold differentials and you see teams that are like minus 20 or more at Christmas they're they're just done you know like my and it might as you'll say I mean in his history will tell you they're done no i I'm, I'm, I never say that you know they are done because things have always happened and we never know because and that's sure. where we might differ but I do think historically, Anybody who's minus twenty or more, no matter how many points they're out, and then and then teams sometimes teams that are, you know, like the St. Louis Blues, the team that they're kind of like poster child for this, right? They were in a terrible, they were terrible, they were in last place or what have you in January, where the Capitals. Remember when the Capitals were, it, it, were towards Well, the end. no,
2: right. St. Louis is the best. I mean, they 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 were in November and early December considering trading Petrangelo right. and basically saying we we close up shop and then around. They made the coaching change. They brought in Berube. uh, They turned was, it around. That was December. And then. That was
3: December, yeah. Late December. I mean, January is when they started. Like, the January is when I, they started picking it up. When well, they
2: called up Bennington on January. It was January yeah. 2nd when they called up Bennington, and that's when they started the turnaround. So, how, how many? What do you think your goal differential was on December 31st of that year? Because I just checked. I, it out. was probably
3: minus double figures. It was minus six.
2: Okay. So, I like, here's long, a sure. team that
3: was struggling for sure, and in the standings wasn't winning games. Right. Um, you know, but when they were winning, they were winning. When you're winning that kind of goal differential, that means you're winning some games five to two and four to one and stuff like that, and losing a lot of one goal games. But they were not, you know, like. And now when I look at the goal differentials now, and you look at some of the goal differentials for the wild card race in the East, for example. You know, the Penguins are the best of them at plus seven, and they are the they are the top team in there too. But you know, Detroit, you know, Kevin's the minus fourteen. That's they're they're the second team in there. Um, that's but minus fourteen is not; it, it just doesn't bode well for this thing. Buffalo is a plus no. five. There's only two teams in the in the wildcard race that are plus teams in the East, and that would be Pittsburgh and Boston. And I think when you look at, it, you think that those are the two teams that could probably make that,
1: could probably make
0: that you know, like could probably could
1: probably fit that spot, right? Those are the those are yeah. Well, I mean, Boston's
0: going to get too Garask, and that that's going to help them.
1: I don't I don't know that the fan base in Detroit expects the the Red Wings to make. Oh them. yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. No,
3: it's amazing where they are though. I mean, and to me, that's, that's so, it's so exciting and they have, you know, for them, for the fans, it's incredible. I mean, like Columbus is only a minus one. They're the third best goal yeah. differential in the wild card race.
0: Cool. There's a difference too with the Islanders and, and St. Louis is like St. Louis did still have the building blocks on defense. The Islanders are lacking some of that. They'll get Pulak back at some point, but they're lacking that. And the Islanders don't have anybody dynamic like Tarasenko who could wake up and and carry a team. I mean, Barzell can do that to some degree, but he still needs guys to feed him. It's,
2: and, it's, you know. And, and Russ, on the Boston page, there are starting to be rumors uh, coming out about Krejci coming back before the deadline. Which yeah, he, I've heard that. I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know, know if it's that. true either, but, but yeah. you know, that, you know, if, again, if he takes, if he takes, uh, a short term, like a one year deal at prorated money, if they can fit it, then that would help them out even more because basically right. they'll have taken off a half or three quarters of the season as a vacation playing in the Czech league. Right. But, right. Um, but the, the, when you go to the, when you go to the Western conference and you look at the same
3: kind of thing, the goal differential to try to like gather where things are here. Um, the Western is a lot more like a, a normal conference. It has one team that's running away in, in Minnesota, but, Everybody else, you know, all the others are in the 600s, you know, or six, and then even 500s. Um, like Nashville's third place at 596. You know, that that's, that doesn't get you anywhere in the Eastern Conference right now. Um, but, you know, they're in a playoff run there. Um, but Nashville's only a plus four goal differential, right? Um, so you look at that, like, okay, that's that's kind of iffy. And meanwhile, Colorado, who's in a wild card spot, is a plus 20 goal for differential. You know, so it's a, that when you start, that's why, you, you know, the teams, I mean, you have a lot of teams. Like the Kings, who are sixth in the sixth wild card spot, so they're out, you know, of the playoffs. I, right? I will
0: say this though: against the Islanders, Nashville looked pretty good. Johansson yeah, scored that game. Duchesne's looking better. Like I mean, these were things we talked about for the last couple of years that they actually could do that. We
3: Duchesne or Johansson started actually playing half of what they were expected to be, or three quarters what they are expected to be. That's a difference maker on Nashville. Well, that's what in, you're
2: in in the in the West, I think. In the, in the two divisions, only the bottom two teams are truly out of it. Everybody else is within a reasonable distance that, that they get hot they're in the playoff race. they're in the wild card race. they're in the race for third place. Only Chicago and Arizona in the central and yeah. uh, and Vancouver and Seattle in the in the Pacific are really out of it. And yeah. maybe not you know if, if, if all of a sudden Vancouver gets red hot, you know they could climb back I mean,
3: points wise they're closer it, it's all closer in the west you know all those all you know with the exception of arizona and 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 seattle i think you're right i think those. but even seattle is, is right now they're, they're their points aren't that terrible i mean they're you know they're they're two points back of vancouver they're
0: they are not making it Eric.
3: they're six points back of LA. i mean they're not making it and then, and then when you watch them play you know they're not making it but the reality yeah. is that that they um that, there's always know, like
0: this is the with the loser point in play, there's always going to be teams that look like they could make it and be in it for quite a while because yeah. of that. Yeah,
3: that's, that's why. I, that's
0: that's why, why when you see, yeah, that's why when you see other teams like the Flyers that are falling out of it, even with that in play, that's how you know they're in real trouble.
3: Yeah. And, 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 I, and, you know, you hate when a team goes on a run where they're, you know, they, they haven't lost in like seven games but four of those are overtime losses really right you know, and that 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 really bothers me it always bugs you know, me too i agree they did they did lose you know like i i still look at you know wins and losses i, I still put the loser ties in when i look at you know what a team is like yeah. the flyers are you know in my opinion when i was talking to we talked about this yesterday you know the flyers are 8 12 and 4 but they're 8 and 16 to me that's how they, that's really the reality that's um in that because that's the games that they left the building saying we won or lost you know like that's how I think that that still should count you know when you get home and your wife says did you win or lose you say we got a point you know that's not what you say you know I just, <laughs> we lost you know we won we lost that's that's
0: the reality right so don't
3: ask me please yeah so I mean
0: here's a little tidbit um yeah. this is basically to to show Mike the power of the monkey somebody that I know actually did an after-school thing with Davy Jones and because the monkeys were so popular, David Bowie decided not to use his real last name of Jones and used Bowie instead, because he would have been David Jones. And that guy was already too popular in the 60s. He didn't
2: want to be associated with them. That's why, right? No,
0: that's not why, Mike. Okay, well,
2: let's, let's
3: stick to hockey, please. All right. Another another point from Kevin Singh that I really think is amazing. Um, 13 players have registered 20 or more assists at this point in the season. Um you know 13 players with 20 more assists and that again I went and tried to go back in that the most I could find in a season recently was 11 you know and usually it's like eight or nine
1: mm-hmm.
3: this point you know I tried to do that too I mean why are we seeing these huge assist numbers Kevin what's what do you think's going on
1: well I mean I I think it plays into the same thing with that we see with the 700 teams you know yeah. we have a lot of good teams at the top we have a lot of poor teams on the bottom you know we have more disparity than we've had in recent years And you know teams are taking advantage of those. Um, You know, I do think the cross-checking crackdown probably has helped a little bit. You know, you're not able to to move those guys out the way you could, um, so they can park more in front. So I think it's probably a combination of factors. uh, Really, yeah,
3: I I agree. I mean, I also
0: also one other thing to add. When you go into overtime, and of course, doesn't happen every game. That is an easy way for some players to get a couple points, too, because again, most of those goals, three on three, you're getting at least one or two assists out of that, too. There's only three guys on the ice. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I know. That's true. That's a good point. And it does skew um,
0: the points over a season, not like by a lot, but if it's a great player like Drysdale, and you add up his overtime points, it's probably like 10 points.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when, so I, I asked the GM about that, too, and I asked the GM about the, um, the general disparity and how we didn't seem to have parity anymore and he said to me he said well you know a flat cap will do that that's what he said you know he said a flat a flat cap means that teams that were teams that were in position at a certain point to build their teams are now not screwing around as much they're letting players develop and that when they're seeing benefits from that as opposed to just going out and trying to fix everything with free agency and and so you're starting to see really the better and the worst teams, the teams, the teams that did draft while the teams that don't have good prospects are, are going to become bad teams. And that's because they can't, and they can't fix it because it's a flat cap They're in, they're stuck. Um, and you know, the good. That's true.
0: Now there is one thing. So there has been this thing online, right? And people were asking this question today and they were like, well, how did the Rangers get so good during the rebuild and how did the devils, and I had to answer the Rangers got Panarin and Fox because they wanted to play there. Yeah. i mean, I'm a destination team. That helped you cut her, you know, in, in front of the line. Now, as far as the Devils, you know what? Their player development, drafting, and also their free agents the last couple of years have been good. Subban aside, every one of their other pickups have helped them. They do so, a good
3: job, at those middle range free agents. And they, they really
0: have. But, but there is a point here. The point is if you're a team that can't draft a couple of top-line players every two or three drafts, you are going to fall into that middle. You just right. are because there's no way to sustain your team. And if you're not getting them via free agency and you're not getting them via draft, then you eventually get filled with a team full of like second liners, second, third and fourth liners instead of a definite top line. Cause there are some teams that have that issue.
3: Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, uh, Kevin, um, Jim Rutherford in Vancouver. I wanted to talk to you about this a little bit because um, we didn't get, I know we may have talked about it on Wednesday a little bit. I'm not sure when it actually happened. It was not, it, no, it happened on Wednesday night.
1: Right. So, yeah, we we didn't talk about it on Wednesday. Um, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I think he's a a real good fit. You know, oftentimes we talk about players that you know are good fits for lineups. Well, he's a good fit for Vancouver's lineup, and yeah. that I think what needs to happen there is what uh, happened in Pittsburgh. It's a little bit different, but it's also similar. When uh, Jim Rutherford took over the Penguins, I actually remember talking to him about this. He had a lot of really good players, or uh, you know, several of them, but he still changed over like 10 different roster spots. He basically right. changed the whole uh, structure around the superstars. And I think that's exactly what he needs to do in Vancouver, right. except those players aren't as proven. They're younger, talented guys. But he needs to decide who his seven or eight guys are, and I think he already knows that. Yeah, uh, The only question is, is whether Besser will be part of it or not. Uh, And then change all the people around him. And I think that's what he's very good at. Like, you know, we always talk in terms of what uh, can't be done in terms of the salary cap because we see how difficult it is to move players. But Jim Rutherford, uh, while he recognizes how hard it is to move people, he never lets that stop him. He's very creative and being able to move players and, you know, like something like Ekman Larson you know, uh, if there's anybody who could figure out how to move him out of there, it it would be Rutherford, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I think think the advantage that Rutherford has in Vancouver, Kevin, is that uh, a couple of the players that could be moved, that maybe they don't want to move, but in the sense that uh, they're good players, but uh, if the mix isn't right, guys like Besser, who's – on uh, a restricted free agent at the end of this year, or Bo that, or JT Miller, who have another year after this year. They're not on long-term deals. So you you might be able to get more for them because they're on short commitments. Now, the thing is, I mean, yeah, ideally the way he's played in the first 20 games, you'd love to move Ekman Larson out. But, I mean, that might be a, big enough, a bigger challenge than uh, Rutherford can handle because, I mean, right now that looks like a massive albatross.
1: Well, I, I agree with you, but my only point is, is if anybody can do it, it's him, um, yeah, and yeah. he has he has uh, um, you know a history of being able to do that. He's a very good trader, like I said, exactly. he's very creative in that regard, and um, I, I think he has an understanding of uh, the mix that you need with younger and older players, and you know he's won cups with two different teams, like he has an expertise yeah. in that. So I, I think this was a great fit, and it was a perfect hire, and. I applaud Vancouver for not, you know, trying to go cheap or trying to go try to catch the next rising star. I mean, Jim Rutherford's 72 years old, but they went out and got him, you know. You know the the uh, only
0: thing though, uh, know, Kev, he really yeah. he can't mess up on these trades because if you look at their at their prospects, they don't have another Brock Besser. They don't have another yeah. Pedersen. They have some decent ones, but they don't have any more A-plus guys or A-guys. And so if you get rid of Besser because you can't sign him, whatever, You've really got to get something back that has term on it and that could be there for a while. Same thing with JT Miller because they don't have the guys to replace those kinds of guys. They have the kinds of guys you could replace, you know, a place or two on the second line, third line, and fourth line.
1: Yeah, but they have their younger players are actually in their lineup. You know, no, that's all
0: that. But I'm just saying, but like, yeah, that's that. that's the now. In two years, if you you know, if these trades don't work out, then, then they'll yeah, start-
1: in two and years, those know. younger guys are still young. You know? Still know really No,
0: but though. I, yeah, I, I get that. I mean,
1: I, I mean, I see your point, but yeah. you know, I, I think it's different because. Yeah he's building around really young players. So I'm not convinced he'll trade Besser.
3: We'll see. I would, I would really be so afraid to trade Besser if I was him. Like that's okay. the one guy, like if they turn
2: it around. It depends on what they're getting back. I mean, that, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, Rutherford, is, Rutherford is pretty adept at making hockey deals. And remember, we're not talking about creating first-round picks and, and, you know, like a, a pool of prospects for a player. We're talking about hockey deals, which, you know, a, a number of general managers don't even do anymore. I mean, that's, that's an a, a sort of a lost art. He made the Kessel deal with Toronto, you know, Kapanen was involved. The first round pick was involved, right. uh, he made other deals, uh, uh, with Pittsburgh that helped them get to the point of winning two Stanley cups. So he, he, you know, he know I think he knows what he's doing. He's just got, I mean, if he does trade Besser, he's going to have to not get, futures he's going to have to get nows he's going to have to get players
0: he's the the sixth best goal scorer from his draft which included mcdavid and he you know he's only 35 behind eichel and only five behind Marner. not that Marner is a big goal scorer but he scores them and so that's why someone like besser like you really
2: yeah
1: he's a skill i don't think rutsford is going to consider any deal that you know for the futures like i i don't even know why we're talking about that You know yeah, that's, he, yeah, that's no, not no. even in his thinking right
3: now. So no, he's already he's already got his young players, like you said. Like in his opinion, his young players are there, right? So that and then, so he's, he's going to now go make it, make that
0: better. I mean, yeah. I,
3: there's a lot there's a lot to say about you know, I was talking to somebody else about you know when a coach when a coach when you change coaches, the best thing that happens to a room, you know, or to a team. Is they get to throw out the little baggage that was there with the coaches, right? Like there's a whole bunch of like players had, you know, and we talked about this the other night. Russ, I tweeted it out. You, 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 you liked it, or we? I, I forget. Yeah, did, yeah. yeah. I heard about Scott Lawton, who you know, who was who was who was really he was a really good third line player in my opinion. He's like the epitome mm-hmm. of third line player in the NHL. But he had like he had Vino had just doghoused him, and yep. you know, the first game out, the first game, you know, he looks great, you know, and you get these some players who just were out come out of the doghouse. The interesting thing about losing a GM. Versus losing a coach is when you lose a GM, like all bets are off because that because the new GM is not tied to making anything the old GM did work. Like you know, there's no point. <laughs> Rutherford doesn't have, have to make conversation. Any
0: you're a part of our future. The new GM doesn't have to the do GM that.
3: doesn't care about anything Benning did as far as like making that making. He's not going to make Ekman Larson work. He doesn't have right. to make it. It's not what he has to do. He has to he has to go out there and just not tied to anything, and that changes. That's a that's an even more, that's an even different kind of nervousness for the players because if they were just brought in, they think, well, at least they just brought me in. They're not going to get rid of me. The GM brought me in; he's still here. Now, every when you lose GM and the coach, everything's gone. Everything changes, right? So, the difference between Vancouver and Philly is, is is pretty prominent in that too, as we talked
2: about before. Um, we, sorry, we we have to talk about the gift that keeps on giving, and that's the Arizona Coyotes. Um, because just when we thought this story might've been over yesterday when, uh, the coyotes reportedly paid off their, uh, their tax delinquency, uh, it comes out in a report in the hockey news that they have not paid the rent on the Gila river arena. And we don't even know whether it's just this year or going back to previous years and it, If you look at uh, Katie Strang just posted a piece on the in the Athletic, and I, I said this I said this yesterday that I think that this group that that owns it, the Morello Group, they're pulling a Trump. And according according to uh, her piece, it says the team's relationships with corporate partners, vendors, and suppliers eroded as Morello Group executives applied what appeared to be a specific strategy: call up the partner, vendor, or supplier and ask the entity to work with them. Meaning, this to negotiate what they owed. No, you owe what you owe. Yeah, that's what you owe. It's yeah, not 50 percent. It's what it's the hundred percent. And if you're not, you're you're. That's pulling a Trump.
3: Well, it does happen a lot, though. You know. Beyond Trump, it happens. A lot, beyond beyond no, that, I mean, he's, he's but it happens a lot with teams that they do. He's the most blatant example, actually. Yeah, and, and, but you know, but the difference is usually he's. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go there. But um, but the, 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 with that with these teams, you know, when they are in trouble, I've have, have heard of them towing up their advertisers and asking them to work with them before. But and, but what Arizona is doing here is very clearly desperate. You know, like there's no two ways about that. It's a desperate situation.
2: Yeah, and and and. Uh, Katie Strang on, on Twitter said uh, she talked to uh, a the manager for the city of Glendale, and and this is where Kevin, this is where I think this issue is a real concern for the NHL because Gary Bettman's reputation is tied up in this. He he the 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 manager for the city of Glendale said if Mister Bettman and others want to believe that not filing seventeen monthly tax returns was due to human error, then so be it. Um, they're they're basically saying that uh, the NHL knows what's going on in this situation. Bettman came out today and said, you know, they're not moving anywhere, he, you know, fully backing that franchise. And honestly, I think it sort of sullies the reputation of Gary Bettman because this is an organization that just I, – I, I think the NHL should be ashamed of the way they've acted over the last couple decades.
1: Well, for sure they should be uh... – Uh, ashamed of the fact that this organization now is not paying its bills i mean this is a new ownership they're you know this is how they're starting you know really i mean they're not that old they haven't been around that long right and you know and already they've had uh, multiple problems and this isn't the first time we've heard this like that the reports of them doing that to vendors i think what you know happened a year ago they did uh, at this time so um yeah i mean i i think this doesn't look good for the league and uh I get that they want to stay in Arizona. I get they want to make this work. I think they want this uh, new arena built and they want to see what they can do with it. They, they've thought all along that the arena was just in the wrong spot. Um, But saying all that, you know, you still got to conduct yourself professionally and they really haven't done that. uh, You know, they took over there and, you know, even what they've done with their, their roster, like that team wasn't that bad to deserve the treatment that it got to completely start over. And I, I saw, um armstrong's explanation of what he's doing and i guess there's some logic to that i mean you can make a case for it but you know i, I still don't like it, it there's a lot know, of spin
3: there it's a lot of spin to make up
1: yeah yeah i thought it was spin as well too i you know although i will say you know if you go back to when the rangers and russ will back this up because he knows this is what happened the rangers weren't far out off the track either when they announced their rebuild in fact that right. it was there were two general managers that i spoke to that were really said, I was embarrassed that the Rangers stood up yeah. there because their team really wasn't horrible. No, um, And they announced no. they were going to do this, this rebuild. And they said, come on, what, you know, what happened to persevering through and yeah. um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So there is a, kind of a tendency now to want to, you know, do a rebuild because it buys you time. And then the fans get behind it. And it's kind of a, kind of a new way to excite the fan base. I, um, it, you know, there are two. Yeah. Schools of thought of uh, uh, for uh, for being a fan now you kind of root for your team to win when they're close and then you root for them to be bad so you can get great great picks yeah. and you know so I see that but still when you pile that on with the fact the way they're behaving in terms of the business community then you say to yourself well what are they doing are they yeah. stripping it down to nothing so you know they'll sell it and not lose a lot of money in the, in the interim. And try to be. It's really
3: different because the Rangers, to me, what, what I took when the Rangers did, it, I took it. The Rangers felt like, yeah, we're a good team, but we know our we know our upward limit with what we're doing right now, and that might be a playoff team, but might not be. And they Rangers were like, we we're we we're going to we, we want to be a cup team. Yeah, seven. they saw
0: the writing on the wall. They did. I, I mean, the they were getting s- better,
3: Russ, but they weren't. They, they're, they're 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 end of that whole thing when 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 you played it all out, they were still a play, they're barely a playoff team. Right.
0: right. No, I mean, that's true. You know, one last yeah. thing about the Coyotes that's still lost in all of this and they came out and said it yesterday, there is no negotiation that they're going to accept from the Coyotes anymore to get them to play in this arena next year. So the Coyotes have to find a place to play by by July. If they yeah. don't want a place to play for next year by July, they they got a problem.
2: And and the reports are in Cameron in the, in the chat is uh, citing them. Um, even if that tempe project were accepted right away which that's not a foregone conclusion it would take probably you know three to four years for them to yeah. build that building and get it up Now, now you just know Islanders not- fans what it <laughs> yeah. what you know. just no, Islanders how Islanders long fans. it takes you know like
3: it takes a while but at
0: least oh, they man. have not the so coliseum these guys have nothing right right
3: i know, I know. no i know it takes a- you're right you're exactly right mike It takes a- it takes a lot
2: now the interesting the interesting thing is everything that Gary Bettman said at the board of governors meeting today, but then on the other hand, he had, he admits to Renault Lavoie that, uh, he confirmed that they, the NHL is meeting with the Quebec government in January. So mm-hmm. we just talked to. about that yesterday. Um, yeah, well,
0: he has to, I mean, again, no commissioner ever says we're going to move the team in season. And yet we always see a hasty move. None of these moves are ever clean. None of these moves, the leagues never admit to it. Right, Kev? There's either moving trucks or or something happens within the last like 48 hours and all of a sudden you hear, hey, you know what? They're out of this place, they're going to this place. Like that's, it happened with Seattle that way in the NBA. That's the way it happens.
1: Well, well, it has
3: to because people are still buying tickets for the other thing. Right. That's, That's
1: exactly it. it. Someone brought that up either you or Mike did, Russ, and you were right about that. That's why it happens that way. I, I will say I know Batman doesn't want to move this team. So if he does, it's because yeah. there are no other options. Right.
3: But Bettman never wants to do anything that he doesn't want to do until he does it. Um, And, you know, I mean, if we, no we, we, we have no from do the other. NHLPA negotiations over the years, it was mm-hmm. like, it was, I mean, we saw this, we saw this time. Yeah,
1: but the negotiations for CBA is different than this other stuff. You it know? is.
3: It's definitely different because it's not, it's not really, I mean, they're, the NHL is not really negotiating here as much as they're trying to just, you know, keep this thing what? alive
2: like we said over the last couple of days that with the, with the thrashers moving to Winnipeg, he moved them when he had no other choice. When basically right. owners threw the keys on the desk and said, Hey, Gary, here, here you go. And that, so and then that- publicly came out and said, Atlanta's a disaster or anything like that. No, I mean, that no, no. Was, it was, it was, it was, it was more secret than the Mayflower trucks going to pick up the Baltimore Colts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, basically it was Bettman and Don Waddell kind of keeping the, the, the franchise mm-hmm. solvent for as long yeah. as it did, um, yeah. and then at the very end, uh, Batman said, "You know, we just got no other options." And I've got yeah. this—you uh, know—they had been negotiating or at least talking to Winnipeg about an expansion team, right. so we knew what they had there.
3: I wasn't surprised to hear that you know Quebec came up, um, you know, in in right now because I mean I, I mentioned this yesterday in my article. We talked a little bit about it too, but the, they were, you know. I mean, we're going back to way 2010 now when, when I was when I was told that, you know, Quebec's going to get a team eventually by somebody. Yes, really, that was
0: about the timeline
1: at really strongly
3: time. in Quebec. Um, and, I, and, and then, you know, the NHL met with them and they, there was a board meeting and the, the board even said, you know, we talked to the NHL and they they said, we built a building, we're going to get a team. And then the building was built and then we've heard zero from Quebec for forever. Um, no, and-
0: no, we haven't heard zero from Quebec. We've heard zero from the NHL regarding Quebec. Beck's talked about it every year they've talked about it but they've never it was brought up as
2: as recently
3: as two weeks ago by the premiere of the the people are bringing it up but the people the owners in that the people who are matter in that know that the nhl says just just don't cause Problems.
2: But that flies. In, see, that flies in the face of what happened with Winnipeg. You heard not a peep out of Winnipeg. They, they you know, they they were the, basically the disaster backup, and then all of a sudden, that you know, the, the team gets yeah. moved to Winnipeg out of Quebec. You've heard their ownership every once in a while. You've heard the politicians. The NHL doesn't like that because that puts them in a position of okay, we've got to refute this. They don't want to have to refute it they just want somebody they can move a team to if they need to and they don't want to be pressured i mean i think considering what's happened to quebec since
3: that promise was made and and, i mean remember first of all you know the economy the economy went south in canada that was a problem for putting a team in quebec for a while um you know and then of course now the pandemic but there's been issues you know in the, the nhl you know i was told you know when when vegas came in you know quebec was basically you know do you want a team and they basically said we can't do it yet kind of thing um i don't know, you know because of the money because of the way the economy was in canada at the time so but for all that's gone on i think they've been pretty pretty political about it for even especially for quebec that tends to be like i mean
0: it is always a possibility because they have that rink done that they will try it uh yeah you know who knows how they'll frame it no, i mean let- that
3: and yeah and I, and I think the things they said the statements they made like i think a lot of it have been, been about like yeah we know we built this rink you know and. Everyone's yeah. like, well, "Why did you build the rink if we're not going to get a hockey team?" That kind of thing. That's what's going on. So they have to say something, but they've been very, they haven't been like ripping the NHL at all, which is surprising. No. Way, given what, well, I mean,
0: they why would they? That's the only chance they have of filling that rink all the time.
3: No, right? but I mean that that it tells me that they're they're you know when he says when Bettman says he's going to meet with them that there've been a lot of meetings with them. I feel like there've been a lot of meetings over time. Maybe not. Officially. The only thing is that
0: the. Moving them into the division that a Houston based team would be moved in, I don't think was by accident either. And and I think in the end, what happens is these owners will either be forced to sell because they don't want to they don't want to be the ones to move them out of Arizona or they'll have to, you know, move the team and be the owners in Houston because that guy doesn't want to be an owner. I mean
2: yeah. The one the one thing that everybody at, uh, talks about, say, for example, okay, Arizona gets sold and they move to Quebec. Okay, you're going to have to have realignment, Kevin. And I don't know of a team right now that's in the Eastern Conference that would be willing to move to the West. Um, you know, I mean, I don't think Columbus will because they were in the Western Conference for years and they absolutely
1: hated it. I don't know anyone you know would yeah, you-, you don't you don't get to say whether you move. If yeah. the rest of the team's want you to move, you move. So I mean, they may not like it and it could cause problems, but um but you know, this this league has realigned so many times that yeah. it's um, true that uh, you know, it, it just going to happen and there's always somebody unhappy. I mean, the Red Wings are still unhappy and still mad at Batman over how yeah. they felt they were treated. Yeah,
3: um, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, they're in East, they're, then they, yeah, they should be. And they, I mean, it, but it was a ridiculous, it wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, I feel as if, Kevin, that, you know, the more likelihood of this situation is Arizona going someplace like, like Houston and, and Ottawa going someplace like Quebec, like something right. happening like that. I where still you end think up, that's the, the best chance. chance. I still think that that's where this could end up. I mean, and I hate to do that, though, but that means that there's a team that's uh, obviously has issues, you know, with money and stuff like that, too. And, and or- that really easy thing for, the NHL to do move a team from Canada to Canada is not going to take right. that much.
2: Or, sure. it could be Arizona moving to Quebec and Ottawa moving to Houston. It could, you know, as long. I mean, yeah. you know, it, yeah. yeah, yeah, it
3: could be. I mean, yeah. I think, I think, yeah, I it, it depends. I mean, the owners are in Ottawa. It depends. It depends who who buys the teams, right? Like it depends who buys the teams, but or if they sell the teams or whatever happens. But yeah, I think that. Anyway, um, we'll move off that for a second um and get to um and was well, this let's actually talk because Ke- kevin you did talk about Mario lemieux in this article too about you know him being around um what are your thoughts on that to keep him well I,
1: I think we have to see how this plays out it's it's yeah. nice for them to say that you know he's going to be around but how much say will he have um yeah. you know that's key and you know you want him there you know not just for a figurehead but actually because he truly understands the game having been a, a star and um in this game and you know he he was actively involved in some of the bigger issues of the game at the time if you remember you know the garage league uh, comments and so forth yeah um and of course he's been an owner for a long time so and he understands the marketplace so i think it's crucial to have him around but i hope it's just not as a figurehead i hope they're really going to sort of tap into him and he's not yeah you know, he's the right personality for this kind of takeover because he's not a guy that seeks the spotlight. He doesn't want it at all. Right. But I think he does, behind the scenes, you know, bring uh, wisdom uh, yeah. that helps this team kind of stay uh, strong in a, in a marketplace that's ver- really important to the NHL.
0: It's reported him and Burkle will retain 5%. So, you know, that'll keep him in it for sure. He's going to have to show up to board meetings, right? So, you know.
3: I mean the big thing is be able to bring him into the locker room in certain situations or whatever you know and talk to the players that, that that kind of stuff is just i so don't powerful. see why
0: he wouldn't do that
3: if, you know and and the fact he does care so much about you know he really does care about the pittsburgh penguins as, oh, yeah. Uh, as a yeah
1: yeah he does but i you know i think it's even crucial now because you know after this season there's going to be some really Yeah. Um, Difficult decisions. that are going to be made about Evgeny Malkin, for example. Yes. Um, You know, do you give him full value? Do you ask him to take a discount? Uh, Do you allow him just to walk off into the night? And I think that's where someone like uh, Mary Mm -hmm. Lemieux is important uh, to Kind of talk about that you know he understands the his importance and he understands the business side of it as well so
0: well okay so kev this is a good this is the question that i would ask mario you let mar yarmir Yager walk off into the night should we do that with malkin based on what happened with yager
1: yeah i mean i mean that th- okay. that's all difficult uh you know questions but i think he can you know talk about that experience yeah yeah definitely different different situations but
0: well it's not that different as far as talent level like they're both super talented guys and it didn't work out for pittsburgh with letting yager go that's clear
3: yeah no it didn't Considering he's still
1: playing i would say yeah (laughs) yeah
3: yeah i mean that's the thing right (laughs) i mean pittsburgh's way of building teams has always been to get really bad and then get better you know like they, they 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 build up twice now or three times from you know basically fielding AHL teams for yeah, a-
2: I'm I'm wa- I'm waiting for them to to win the lottery for Connor Bedard
3: in 2 years. Right. I mean they get they get, you know, remember like Stahl, Malkin, Crosby,
2: Fleury, you know, they're No, all- that's be- that's because no, but but act they they had the they've had the the good fortune of winning generational uh, or or qualifying for generational players at two you know, they get Lemieux in 85, I think it was yeah. 85, 84, 85 and they get Crosby. In 2004 or 2005. So, yeah. I mean, they're, you know, they, they, but they just stunk for about five or six years and they got Flurry and Whitney. Right. And- here's, here's the question. On, on
3: purpose. I mean, not, I mean, not, not as much, not as much, maybe not as much on purpose as they stunk when they got, when they get Mario, because that's a legendary story, but they really stunk. They, they, they definitely just were okay fielding an okay like they,
2: they didn't stink on purpose for five years no but this is why they when they bad,
3: traded I mean.
0: when they traded yager this is what they got in return yeah. frantis at Cousera, chris beach and michael C- oh michael cevich and lupashuk so actually right. yager and kusara went to washington and the last three went to pittsburgh and those three never did anything
1: no no and you know mario was lost very-
0: yager, and then the three guys you got never mounted to anything
1: how about how about this though? I was thinking about this uh, when I read that uh, Rutherford uh, was going to Vancouver, and that is, you know, what if um, Rutherford says to Pittsburgh, uh, or doesn't say anything to Pittsburgh and just signs uh, Malkin um, when he comes out, you know, right. to yeah. sort of school um, the younger players and you know to be the guy on a short-term basis, you know, that I I wouldn't rule that out because uh, Rutherford. Uh, um
2: you know
1: it's a nice place to
3: live yeah no it's a great place to live and if um you know and if you're not if you're going to let Besser go you're going to have the money to do it. it it depends that's the situation right it comes down to Besser and it basically would be a Besser versus Malkin choice kind of um I would think in that situation um and Malkin is you know is great is a great is a great I leader wouldn't,
0: i wouldn't i would keep besser over malkin malkin's been too inconsistent malkin could go there and be very content and get you 70 points a year and not really be a force i could get 35 40 goals out of Besser on the right years i'll still take that
3: i agree i agree i'd rather have besser than malkin too i mean malkin is yeah. uh, has been horribly i will to sell
0: tickets but yeah you know, i don't care
3: yeah he will sell tickets but you know you know he's uh, yeah I I, I I completely agree
2: um I'm I'm not sure if this is an indicator of uh, you know what will happen down the line, but Ben Bishop played his first game, uh, I think it's an over over two years, uh, yesterday for the Texas Stars of the AHL and allowed eight goals on 35 shots.
0: Well, I mean, no, I'm, am I going to hold that game against him? No.
2: No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying that, but I'm also saying that you know, and, and I'm sure there's there's a lot of rust there at or at, at rust, but, but but also the fact that you know there have been concerns about you know how prepared he is and how physically able he is to be able to play. Yeah. Um. And this is not a good indicator to start off. But you know, I think if if he- only I would
0: say about that, Mike, is a player sucking and a player not being physically able to perform. If there's a wide gap in between that.
2: Okay. He could
0: suck, but they still have to pay him if they can't force a medical issue on him. That's the bottom line. I don't know if he'll suck, but he could. But it still doesn't mean he'll get written off because he just sucks.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely not. Well, not, let's see, not, see where he is in a couple of weeks, too. Right, huh?
0: exactly. That's what. we have to
3: do. Not the start they would have wanted. Like, let's all agree with that. I mean, well, <laughs> it's, not, yeah,
0: it's, not, yeah,
3: it's not what you expect. Not, not what you're hoping after you all. Did anybody
0: expect it to be great? Though it's been years. Yeah, like, but a
3: build up and an eight. But there's quite a build up to him coming back in, and then you know, and to, for, to give up eight goals—that's tough. That is tough. There's no. That's that's the NHL is a fickle league that way. You know, it's it's I don't like know, Martin
0: well, Jones gave up seven.
3: Well, <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: Just saying.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that um all right so another great point kevin is yes barry cooking and cooking the emmy um who i think people have we've forgotten is 6.1 million dollars you know this year um in that one year mega you know mega crazy controversial offer
1: sheet
2: yeah wa- watch when he signs an extension on january 2nd
1: well really? I, yeah, yeah but he, has, he really is not yeah not giving him all that much for yeah. uh, 6.1 million you know? right as I mean, yeah, and and eight, he's not a
0: guarantee to sign for that. I they might want to negotiate with him. That's fair.
3: Eight points, eight points in twenty four
0: games, six goals and two assists.
3: He has um, goals,
0: and that's that's the part that they're trying to unlock for him is the goal scoring. Right. And from a goal scoring perspective, he's ahead of last year. So, you know, yeah, I
1: mean that's a, that's almost a twenty point pace. You know, almost.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, but it's like you say, six point one million. That's you, you made a twenty
0: goal right
3: it's yeah. a lot of money for that and it is and, and i mean he doesn't the, the, the feeling was you know he didn't he wouldn't have the pressure there that he had in montreal and i, I haven't seen really much i haven't seen this great vast best improvement from him like i haven't seen Yeah, like, he's,
1: not, he's not on that top line anymore we know that right
3: right we're but, there a long time too that's another reason that these numbers are kind of weird is he was on that top line for a while i mean you play with those guys you know you're going to get points especially assists that's the other thing that's so weird about that you know like you would think he would have gotten assists Playing with those guys. Um, the fact he didn't, that is pretty
2: crazy. I totally, I totally agree. Mike you got anything else, Mike? Uh yeah, a couple other things. Um, Jonathan Tabes scored his first goal in uh, since August I want to talk about this. of yes. 2020. What go ahead, Eck? Ak- I wanted to say something about that game. Continue.
3: Go ahead. No, go ahead. I I, that, that, I mean he does get his first goal, but the real awesome thing about that game is the is the Montreal Canadiens fans? He just deserved like
0: yeah, yeah, that was good. so much
3: about like the chanting of Mark Andre of Flurry, Flurry, Flurry at the end of that game. You know, mm-hmm. he's getting his 500th win and the shutout. And you know, he is a Quebec province kid. You know, um, it's just like that was really I, I've I've always kind of respected Canadians fans for that kind of thing. They they're they're just incredibly smart as to what's going on in the hockey world. They know what's going on. They know the knowledge is there. You know, and and then just like the the cheering on one of their hometown guys. I mean. It was something. It was something. I mean, the Canadians are just terrible, you know. And they got shut out. um And at the end of the day, at the end of that game, you know, it's like a, it's like a celebratory, celebratory bit building. so that was pretty cool. I mean, yeah, you know,
1: it's, it kind of gives us even more understanding of the whole idea of the Quebec speaking. Yes, um, it's yes. so important. You know, the you yeah. know the favorite sons, the the yeah. native sons. Yeah. Are I so guess. important to Quebec people. So it mean, just you know just kind of feeds into that a little bit. It really does. Had, it's so heartfelt.
2: Had had it been uh had it been uh Cujo or Eddie Belfort that had won uh, set a career mark, I don't think you would have heard, you know, Kujo, Cujo. Cujo. No. No, no, no.
3: It, and it, it's just, but it's, I mean, Fleury is such a likable character. Like, in yeah, way, you know? I mean, like, Fleury
0: played his junior Mark.
3: hockey there too, and he was a, a great Even so. I, even I like him, heck, somebody no, impossible not to, not to root for Marc Andre Fleury. Like, it really is. Like, <laughs> it, I, I don't, you know, I've never met anybody who can say that, you know, they they don't, they don't want him to succeed. He's just, you know, and even people who haven't met him or you talked to him, just, he's just, you can see by the reaction. I mean, he's only on that team for a couple months now. He gets that 500th win and the way he's the way he was mobbed by his teammates after the game was like, you know, like he'd been on that team for his whole career. Yeah. You know, and it was awesome. I mean, and, and just the, the crowd going crazy. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. nice to see something like that out of kind of the middle of nowhere. You know, if really, I, I think, that, and, you know, a, a meaningless game of two teams that are original six teams. And that's the only interesting thing about the game. And they're struggling both pretty much. Months. You know, <laughs> both these are struggling, but Fleury and Fleury made some, you know, it made some, decent saves. It really wasn't, you know, the biggest, the greatest shutout of his career, but he made some. Well, we should, season. we
0: should ask Kevin because we, we brought it up yesterday. But Kev, the, uh, the Larry Brooks article talking about Kane possibly, uh, going to the Rangers, like if they were to be able to engineer that deal. I don't know. I said that by the time you engineer that deal, you might not have enough left to win the cup. That, that might be the problem.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I don't think they need him um you know they're already hard enough to play against now um yeah and they've got a lot of skill I I wouldn't do that deal if I yeah, was I yeah
3: yeah I, I wouldn't either um, um so Kevin, hockey Gordie Howe hockey card I like this one too um on eBay for $34,999 basically
1: $35,000 okay, so
2: dollars
0: in the pocket
1: yeah well and you know as I just pointed out just remember how we used to treat our, our <laughs> yeah. cards which card yeah. is it i uh, wish uh, i don't
3: know kevin what card is it it, it,
1: it was it was actually an exhibit card oh, so okay. it would have been uh one of those uh, yeah. yeah, my yeah, cards were taking
0: great supply like they're they're pretty it's, rare like to tell you how, how i took it. care of
3: my cards i taped them to my um rod hockey players um so that you know i'd have like actual players and i tape them my rod hockey yeah, and yeah, put yeah, them we all play rod hockey with it
2: so those are ps9s
3: then they're yeah. in bad shape. Yeah.
0: They're like a one.
3: Roblo was what Roblo in an Emerson Oilers jersey was my best goalie back then. And it was <laughs> a hockey card I had a Roblox. Oh, you said ron Ronlo, ron yes. sorry, ron Lowe. Ron Lowe.
2: Not Roblo, not uh Roblo no, who no, was in Rangers for
3: about six months, I think. Yes. Um, no, but, but yeah, I treated them horribly. But you you treated them well. Kev, what's your what do you have a, do you have any really valuable hockey cards?
1: Yeah, I do actually. I had a I have a Bobby Orr rookie card that uh <laughs> I don't know why, because I've I've probably in my life had only four or five cards graded, but I bought this at a card show in the 70s for a dollar, a Bobby or a rookie card. Wow. And that was when card shows had just sort of started up, and it was at the Hyatt Regency Hotel in Dearborn. I actually remember the whole thing. <laughs> um and I sent that in years ago. I mean, so so much so it doesn't even have the hologram on the PSA logo. So wow. yeah, it was graded PSA seven. That's cards worth like twenty two, twenty three thousand dollars. Wow.
0: That's yeah, I don't well, have one there. Better card. lock
2: that thing up when I come over.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> I, that,
0: do, I, I do have a cool. Gordie Howe Cam Neely dual card, probably numbered to less than ten. That's a pretty good one. I have. I'll be honest, though, I've traded two Ovechkin rookies, a Crosby. You know, I, I've I've moved out some rookies and then gotten other rookies back. So, for that, I don't have a card like that.
1: My my favorite uh, uh, hockey card story, and I wrote it for the hockey news years ago, and I remember the hockey news actually try tried to track him down, and he did, didn't have good humor about it. But um, I, I, when I was a kid, uh, I don't know, seven or eight, nine years old, I uh, uh, would play a game, a hockey game with hockey cards, and I would have like a, a wad of paper that would be the puck and I would sort of slam the cards together like they were skating down the ice. And I had a guy, he was a stay-at-home defenseman. He ended up with the Flyers, I think too. Johnny Mizik was his name. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Johnny Mizik And that card had a raised edge to it. So it was like having a curved <laughs> stick. And so I kept track of all the statistics. And Johnny Mizzick led my league in scoring. I think he scored 80, 90 goals that year. (laughs) And all because he had – his card was raised up, and he went uh, above all the other cards when you slammed them together. And, of course, the the puck, in this case, paper would go in the net. So, you know, Johnny Mizzick led – and as I said, the hockey news actually – contacted him uh, about when i wrote wrote my column about that oh, that's awesome and uh you know they were hoping to get some funny comment but uh he just uh, wasn't buying it didn't, so. have a <laughs> <laughs> um, he didn't wrote, really now
3: you wrote the back of some hockey cards in your time didn't you go
1: i did wrote a lot of them actually in the early 90s when it was a um you know a really big deal and everybody was printing loads and loads of hockey cards and we had four or five companies and uh, you know i wrote uh, some leaf i wrote some score i wrote uh, fleer um i wrote a whole lot of uh, cards uh, you know back then and uh although my favorite set was actually a baseball set i wrote the backs of there's a sports illustrated uh covers uh that fleer put out in baseball and um you know they took the covers of all the famous oh, baseball players correct. and i wrote about them and you know oh, why wow. on the back and that's my favorite set that's what cool. I ever did. So yeah, I, I just
0: got through a slew. I've done about five sets this year for a company for cards. And before that, I was doing like prospect cards too. So I, I've gone on quite a run. Um, huh. not like Kevin, but for you know I've probably done 20 sets or something.
3: That's great. I mean, what well, you usually get like one or two sentences, right? It's not like
1: yeah, well, yeah. It like um, on, you know, some are more than others. It just it's just not
0: that much anymore. It's um I want to say it's hundred and seventy five characters.
1: Yeah. Well, t- and I will tell you in the early years, too, they paid really, really well because, yeah. you know, they were doing, you know, 100,000 boxes of product. Yeah, right. It's not a, like that now. No, not anymore. <laughs> so, I mean, there was really good money in it early on. And, you know, but the price you would get for card just went down through the years, you know, it was Always sort of it's no different than writing books. And then
0: I got, and then I got hired. <laughs> so, <you know. laughs>
3: All right. Um, uh, anything else we got? I think we're good. All right, folks. Have a great weekend. Um, enjoy the holiday spirit out there. Make sure you. Oh, I saw Kev. I saw you went to the uh, Toledo Zoo the other night.
1: Yeah, we did. We went to zoo and saw the lights. And uh, yeah, I uh, definitely recommend
3: doing that, guys. Find your local zoo. Probably has cool lights, right? I mean, yeah, that's, that's fun. fun I, I love it. I mean, that's one of my favorite. My son has been you know, done has done in the past volunteered at a local zoo here for Christmas light night light things. It's it's amazing. That's a great. It, it, go to your zoo. Support zoos. Zoos are amazing. Support zoos. But, yeah, it's fantastic. Remember, folks, without the buzz, it is just
0: hockey. We will talk to you (laughs) on Monday.
2: Lucky Land Casino, asking
0: people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Uh Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell.